0: So, church, let us do this. Let us prepare our hearts for a time of prayer this morning. How I would like to do that is to go to the Word of God. We're going to use the prophet's words this morning as a way of preparing our spirits for prayer. So, if you would, please join me. But who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal, or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. Amen and amen. Let us go to the Lord, church, in prayer. And as we do so, we remember this day the many thanksgivings that we have that are right before us, O God. The very gift and breath of life for family, for friends, for our church. Lord, what a blessing all of these things are, Lord, and we ask your hand upon them. O God, you are the God who gives us peace. In this second week of Advent, calls us to remember, O God, that because of your Son, Jesus, we can experience a Christmas that is free from turmoil and chaos. Regardless of our circumstances or our situations, you offer us peace that passes human understanding. For we remember, Lord, that first Christmas, when you sent your Son, you sent the one who is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Even the angels in your word, it says, said, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The angels knew your purpose. They knew the gifts of hope and of peace, joy, and love. That Christmas held. They recognized the fullness of God that was wrapped in the tiny flesh of an infant as you humbled yourself and dwelled among us. Emmanuel, God with us as the baby Jesus. That baby would grow to be the same God man. Jesus, who would again humble himself to face death on a cruel cross as payment for our sin. He would triumphantly defeat sin and death and even hell itself in order to cancel our sin debt and reconcile us to you, O oh God. This is why you sent your son, Jesus, because you loved us. You sent Jesus that we might believe in him and receive eternal life. For he was the first Christmas gift and still remains the only gift worth truly having you exalted him and gave him a name above all names every knee in heaven and earth and under the earth must bow to the name of jesus alone for the winds and waves obey him he rules and reigns as king over all And no situation or circumstance that we find ourselves in is any kind of match at all for our Savior, Jesus. For we are able to have the fullness of peace in our hearts on Christmas Day and every day because that same Jesus sits at your right hand in heaven and makes intercession for us. Not only that, but he paid our sin debt He loves us with a love that is unfathomable. Nothing can separate us from His love, for He is good, and His plans for us are good. And we ask this in the powerful and saving name of Jesus our Lord, who gave us the Lord's Prayer, praying together now as the body of Christ, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, Church, I am turning now to the Old Testament book of Malachi. I'm going to be reading from the third chapter, verses 1 through 4. This is about the coming day of judgment. It says this, "'Look, I am sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to the temple.'" The messenger of the covenant whom you look for so eagerly is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal, or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver, so that they may once again offer acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. Then once more, the Lord will accept the offerings brought to him by the people of Judah and Jerusalem, as he did in the past. Church, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. So, uh, church, I, I, I was thinking about this scripture, which is uh, a part of our lectionary text, which in a three-year period, uh, if you read along with it and follow it it will take you through uh, the word of god from cover to cover so this is one of the selections for uh, this sunday the second sunday in, uh, of advent and there there were several things that spoke to me uh, because i believe uh, this uh, this text is not often preached from but i wanted to go there because uh, it is a, a, a part a very important part of of our biblical uh, canon this day. So, let 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 me go pick up with verse 1 here. There's something that I wanted to uh, highlight here. Let, let me read it again. It says this, Look, I am sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you look for so eagerly is surely coming says the lord of heaven's armies. Now now let me let me stop there and say that this uh, scripture is fulfilled. Now it took 400 years to fulfill this scripture, but it came true. It was fulfilled. So, of course you have the prophet speaking uh, the words of god about something that is coming. So we fast forward 400 years, and indeed, these words are fulfilled. They were fulfilled in a man named John the Baptist. And John the Baptist came, and his simple sermon, his his words were very clear, okay? He didn't mince words. He simply said, repent. Repent, for the kingdom of God is coming. So, he that being John the Baptist, the messenger, said, hey, look, I want to prepare the way. For you see, I'm only the messenger, John the Baptist was saying, for the Savior is coming. I am just making a way for Him. So, I highlight this just to say that Scripture, church, is constantly being fulfilled from Old Testament to into the New Testament. So, I wanted to highlight that. Now, let, let me pick up with verse 2, and I'll mention a few things in verse uh, 2 and 3 that I wanted to highlight here. Here's, uh, here's the beginning of verse 2. It says this, but who will be able to endure it when He comes? Who will be able to stand and face Him when He appears? for he will be like, here it is, blazing fire that refines metal or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. He will sit like, here it is again, a refiner of silver burning away the dross. He will purify, there it is, the Levites, refining them like gold and silver so that they may, may be once again acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. Okay, let, let me stop there and just share something with you about ancient silversmiths that you need to know. Let me show you a picture just so that you can connect uh, to uh, the, the, the work uh, that uh, that a silversmith did. So, what you need to know about an ancient silversmith uh, is this. First of all, this is very dirty work. It's very hot work. It's very hazardous work, but an ancient silversmith was something that was very valuable and, and of course, needed. So, these ancient silversmiths would refine silver by putting it in a crucible, as you see Uh, in this photograph here, in the hottest part of the fire. Can you imagine the, the heat alone, right? The heat alone. And they would effectively, here it is, burn off any impurities, okay? And then they would take the crucible out of the fire, and they would pour it then as pure silver. The fire then got rid of, church, what was bad the impurities, okay, so that the impurities in the silver or the waste from the grain harvest would be removed completely. So, that's the process, okay, that the silversmith had. Now, let me explain how that then relates to the Scripture text. So, the prophet Malachi, he is considered one of the minor prophets, in the Old Testament, okay? He's only a minor prophet because it's considered one of the shorter books, prophecy books in the Old Testament. It had nothing to do with his notoriety or the actual prophet himself. In comparison to the book of Isaiah, it's a much shorter book of prophecy, thereby he's called one of the minor So, the prophet Malachi talks specifically about the descendants of Levi. Now, keep in mind, Levi is one of the 12 tribes of Israel. So, this is a very important tribe, and here's why, because they were considered the priestly tribe. They had the responsibility of offering sacrifices unto the Lord so that they could atone for their own sin." okay? But also for the sin of Israel as well. They were the ones who were authorized to make these sacrifices, okay? And, and I'm speaking about blood sacrifices in order to make themselves righteous and atone for their sin. And they would also make these sacrifices on behalf of the Israelite people as well. But by Malachi's time, Malachi is saying about this priestly class that they were not doing a good job, okay? They were falling short, okay? Now we don't know exactly what was going on with this priestly class known as the Levites, but there's just a couple of things as I was researching that I wanted to mention here. They might, okay, the priestly class, the Levites, have been skimming a bit off the sacrifices for themselves. So, they were making this holy ritual about themselves. It's also thought that they might have been taking advantage of their position, that power and authority had corrupted them in a way, that they were becoming, in fact, sanctimonious, thinking of themselves better than everyone else. So, keep that in mind as well. Maybe they were, in fact, becoming full of their own importance. Maybe they had become just complacent and they were doing a half-hearted job or simply neglecting their priestly duties. They would have become, in essence, impure. The priests this priestly class, they had become impure. So Malachi is saying, You must be refined. It starts from within in an effort to be refined. So he's speaking out against this priestly class. Now, I want us to think about spiritually being refined in this way, okay? This is very important. Listen very closely. If you want God to put things right in your life, church, okay? If you want God to put something right in your life, then you need to let God do something about what is wrong in your life first, okay? In a sense, whatever that impurity is, whatever that sin is. Make yourself pure first. Repent of that sin. Allow God, church, to work on you from the inside to refine your heart, to refine your spirit, to refine your soul, to make whatever that wrong is right. And then God can can do marvelous things. Okay, you need to lose the impurities, church. You need to let go of the wrongdoing. You need to be refined, thereby making us right and one with The Almighty God. That is key. For as the scripture says, He will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap, says Malachi. You see, think of fire as a way not only of cleansing, church, but also of shaping, right? Of molding us into something new. A silversmith working with metal, right? Shaping a tool, shaping a weapon. It takes fire in order to do that. Burn off the impurities so that you can be something new. That's key. So, the only way, church, that you and I, that the Israelite people, that any one of us who seek a relationship with Jesus Christ, the only way that you and I can grow, church, is to be refined okay don't be scared of it don't shy away from it don't sweep it under the carpet that is the way that you and I as believers can be refined now that sounds good right that sounds great that sounds wonderful but how do we think about being refined in real time because that's key That is absolutely key. Think about being refined in this way because it speaks to every one of us. Because we're human beings, we fall short, every one of us. Think about being refined in this way. Number one, you and I can be refined from our unhealthy desires. We can be refined from that. We can be refined by our tongue, right? And what I mean by that is how we talk how we carry on conversations with others. We can be refined from our gossip, our slander, our malice talk. We can be refined from the fear that often plagues and starts us right in our mind. Because keep in mind, the mind, church, is a battlefield for the devil. You can absolutely be confident in your thinking One day, and the devil uses that mind as a battlefield, and just the next day, you are doubting yourself, you're doubting others, you are doubting the Almighty God Himself. The devil uses fear, okay, and plagues our mind. Fear. We need to be refined through the power of the Holy Spirit from our fear. How about this? You and I can also be refined from our anger and our bitterness. And maybe we're angry or we're bitter about something that happened yesterday, or maybe something that happened last week, or maybe we're angry and bitter about something that happened 20 years ago. Regardless of what we're angry or bitter about, through the power of the Holy Spirit, church, if we allow God in, we can be refined and be cleansed of it. Okay, what about apathy? You and I can be refined from that. Or what about being refined from disobedience, right? Disobedience is a big one. Maybe it's our disobedience in our relationship with God or with a friend or family member. Disobedience is a big one. How about this? You and I can be refined from ungodly or unbiblical thinking that's a big one. And our world, unfortunately, is plagued with that. Here's another one that I wanted to mention. We can also, you and I, be refined, okay, be set free from agenda that masks itself as the Word of God. That is a big one. That is a big one. That one has plagued our society. That has plagued our churches, and we need to be set free from that and be refined, church. Listen to the Word of God. Here it is from Psalm 66, 10. Very important here. It says this, for you, oh God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. We can back it up, you see, church, with the Word of God, and that is so important. And let me end with this story. So, there's a woman who was asking a silversmith about how he knows how silver is purified. And the silversmith simply responds with this great line. He says, when I see my reflection in it. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? How do we know if silver is truly refined when we can put and see our face in it? And that's how it is when we are refined. You see, church, when we allow God in into our messiness, when we allow God into our complicated and busy lives, when we allow God in, even when we think we are not good enough, when we allow God in to refine us, church, we can be purified. We can be made whole but it is on us to allow God in. Open up your heart. Allow God in. Just simply pray with me, Lord, I need refining. Lord, I need to be made new and whole. If you are clenched fist right now and you are ready to let go, just allow God in to your mind, to your heart, and to your Spirit. And God, I promise you, church, God will do amazing and wonderful and transformative things for those who believe and let God in because He is the God who refines and makes us new praise be to his name. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Oh God, your word from the prophet Malachi talks about the refiner's fire. And Lord, fire is not something, biblically speaking, that you and I need to be afraid of, Oh God. It's something that the church needs to hear because there's all things, Lord. There's There's all people, there's many things, oh God, that we can be refined of to be made better. Things, Lord, that need to be burned away, Impurity, sin that need to be removed so that we ultimately have an eye and a heart and a spirit and a character and a faith for you, Lord. The world is watching. The world needs the church and Jesus Christ now more than ever. Let us be your hand and your heart as we go forth refined to give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus we pray. Amen.